Thank you for downloading a sermon from the Chapel of the Cross. The Chapel of the Cross is a welcoming, growing, and historic Episcopal Church in Madison, Mississippi. I invite you to join us for worship on Sundays at 8 a.m., 10 a.m., and 5 p.m., with church school for all ages at 9 a.m. Please also connect with us online at chapelofthecrossms.org. I hope this sermon enriches your walk with Christ. God bless you, and we look forward to welcoming you and your family to the Chapel of the Cross. Holy and loving God, write a message on our hearts. Bless us, direct us, and send us out. Living letters of the word. Amen. Please be seated. As I have mentioned before, my mother is Danish, and she emigrated to these United States when she married my father. My uncle, her brother-in-law, is from Skagen, a little village at the very top of Jutland. The town is known for fishing, for painting, and an impressive natural phenomenon, the collision of two seas, the North Sea and the Baltic Sea. There you can walk out to the tip of the peninsula and stand on the beach with one foot in the North Sea and one foot in the Baltic and watch the waves from both crash in to one another. For the oceanography geek, it is a remarkable sensation. I feel similarly today with one foot in one place and one foot in, a, in another as we begin this season of Advent. The green season, the growing season, the season during which on Sunday we hear Jesus tell many parables, celebrate many miracles, and get into many spirited discussions with friends and critics. The season after Pentecost is finally over. And now we begin again. We turn the page to the purple season, the quiet season the season of preparation, the season of Advent. Not Christmas, not yet anyway, but Advent. There are those who are very adamant about Advent. They look down their noses at those whose Christmas tree was up by the end of the day on Friday or perhaps earlier those who have already cranked up the Christmas music, those who have already mailed their Christmas cards. I have a colleague who does not listen to a single Christmas song, does not do a scrap of decorating, doesn't do a single Christmassy thing with Scrooge-esque veracity until after midnight mass. And then, and only then, Christmas may begin. That's fine. 
you do you, as the kids say. I admire their discipline, and discipline is a good thing, and I would rager that their advent is rich and meaningful. Many of our Advent traditions, the Advent wreath or the Advent calendar, are meant to facilitate and provide structure for such discipline. Moreover, Advent is not only about our preparations for Christmas, but also preparing for the second coming of Christ, when all will be judged and God's vision for his beloved will finally be fulfilled. However, however, we as Episcopalians and Anglicans, we do not fear the world. We are sacramental people and we believe in the holiness and goodness of the creation. So we see and know that the rest of the Western world, as soon as the Thanksgiving dishes have been washed and put away, leaps forward into a full-on celebration of Christmas. I am not here to shame anyone's Christmas joy. I love Christmas. But I wonder how we are meant to balance the adamantly advent with the Buddy the Elf Christmas palooza. How do we keep both of these seasons in a disciplined, faithful way? And how do we even ask these questions when Christmas in the country is literally surrounding us? And in mere days, thousands of our neighbors will be rolling through our grounds, mouths agape at the millions of lights, and encountering the aforementioned Buddy and his friends Elsa and Anna and Cousin Eddie, all while raising funds for the hungry. When Christmas in the country began, I remember getting a phone call from, let's describe them as a beloved but opinionated sibling in Christ, who asked, does the chapel not celebrate Advent anymore? To answer these questions, we need to remember why God became incarnate in Jesus and chose to live and love and work among us. From before time and before the universe began, God had a dream, a dream poetically outlined in today's reading from Isaiah. In days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest of mountains. All the nations shall stream to it. There God may teach us his ways. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, and neither shall they learn war anymore. But it hasn't worked out that way. Not yet. And because of our choices, we walk apart from God. But God didn't give up. Remember Jesus' parable of the wicked tenants. When, Jesus, when the season of fruit drew near, God sent his servants to the tenants to get his fruit. 
And the tenants took his servants and beat one and killed another and stoned another. God again sent servants, more than the first, and they did the same to them. Then God sent his son to them, saying, They will respect my son. When God sent his son to live and be among us, light shone in a world of darkness. Remember the first chapter of John, what has come into being in Jesus was life, and the, that, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. That is why we celebrate Christmas in the country in the first place, to give light in the midst of darkness. The first Christmas in the country was back in the dark days of the pandemic, before the vaccine, before we knew when to mask and when to sanitize, and before many felt safe to gather for Thanksgiving and Christmas. But Martha Fry and others knew that we needed to do something, and to do something fun. And we could do something outside. So we gathered some lights, and rented a Santa suit. And rented Santa suits really smell. <laughs> and we invited our neighbors over to have a show. And then our newest tradition, Christmas in the country, began. I will always remember the trembling eyes of a frail woman who said to me, during that first Christmas in the country, this is the only Christmas I'll get this year. Advent is an important season, a season of quiet, a season of meditation, a season of preparation. And we wait, something we, definitely me, are not very good at. We wait for the light. Our altar flowers today with their brown and bare branches, while beautiful and artistic, speak to this poignant season of expectation. But as we live in this Advent season, also remember and more importantly have faith that the light will eventually arrive and is actually already dawning upon us. All that we need to do is be witnesses to the light and share his light with our neighbors in a dark world. And that is what we will do this week and hopefully that we do every week. Thus, in a very Episcopal way, we stand in the midst of two seasons. I pray that we keep both Advent and Christmas. And while that might be messy, and while we might not do it the best all the time, I pray that we share that with our neighbor, and we share the discipline, the light, and the love of both. Amen.